This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Welcome to the program. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven back is the phone number. It's uh, me and him again. Uh, Pat is out and uh, making me hate life uh, because I'm doing the show. Uh, just because Pat's sick. Yeah, that's yeah, man. Oh gosh, it's so so brutal to hear. You know, when one of your good friends is sick and you have to deal with someone who's not um, <laughs> sick or one of your good friends. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the number if you want to give us a call. Uh, Sally Yates, uh, wow, uh, the big rising Democratic star of the day. This is how Democrats Boy, now no get attention. Yes, it is. This is the Wendy Davis approach uh, to uh, raising your profile. Didn't work well for her. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Uh, but you kind of take the big uh, stance, uh, you know, really with no chance of success, and people will uh, flock to you. Uh, It's it's been criticized. People have leveled that criticism at uh, people on the right as well. Um, But it does seem to be a thing uh, with Democrats. It's not. It's I will say, and I know you think this way, Jeffy, when you think about just specifically thinking it, looking at it through the prism of personal gain, which is how you make all your decisions. (laughs) Uh, Good idea here. For, Absolutely. For, for her Miss Yates. Oh, my God. Right? I mean, right. she loses nothing. She had a job for another couple weeks, maybe. Um, and instead, she comes out and says, look, I, I am the attorney general. I'm not going to enforce this executive order. I think it's illegal. I think it's immoral. And I'm taking this big, strong stand with, you know, eight hours of pay left on my paycheck. Um, so I get fired two weeks early, and now I'm a celebrity. It's not, not a terrible idea no, from that not. perspective. In worst case, she goes over and works for one of the networks, and she's good now. Yeah, she's got, she's got, a, she's got a job at MSNBC. Former Attorney if she wants General. It. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, she's got a gig if she wants yes. the gig. And I'll say, you know, uh, now that's the cynical way of looking at it, the Jeffy way of looking at it, if you will. If you want to take her at her, um, at her word, at her word. And, and say that she actually believed it, uh, I okay. still wouldn't go about it this way. Uh, a lot of people are saying, yeah, do your job! Enforce it! And, you know, I, I will say... Would you do that? I mean, ask yourself that question for a second. If you were, if you went, if you were serving under Donald Trump and you love Donald Trump, and then the next president came in and it was Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders said, "Open the borders, don't enforce anything, uh, or you know, prosecute all people uh, who 
tan or whatever, whatever, whatever is, yeah. brought you to Donald Trump, uh, you would say, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. No. Screw you. I came in here to do something else, something I believed in. And now the opposite is being done? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to the press. Yeah, right. That's not how you handle it. Uh, you step down and you say, look, I, I can't enforce this. I don't feel good about it. I'm going to step down. Um, you might say, you might uh, try to work as well as you can behind the scenes. You probably, you know, you think probably the right way of handling it is not to just make yourself into a celebrity or attempt to make yourself into some sort of martyr. Um, but I think you do step down. I, I, I would not do that for Bernie Sanders. I would not say, no you know way. what? Oh, he wants socialism in and I need to enforce it. No. Bye-bye. I'm not going to be part of this. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've left movements and parties for much less. So I, I think this is not, it's not, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with her taking a stand for what she believes in. I, I would hope she would. I mean, again, I, I you that's know. just the way it's handled. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's handled in a crazy way. However, on the other side of this, people are acting like Trump did something wrong. Well, no. I, I'm sorry. If, if, you, if you're not going to leave and say, you're not, you don't yeah. agree with my administration or, uh, I don't know, if the boss said do something yeah. and you can't do it or don't feel like you can do it or don't want to do it, bye. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Last night was media day at the Super Bowl. Uh, if a reporter goes up to Julian Edelman and says, hey, by the way, uh, how do you feel about Bill Belichick's offense? He's like, you know what? I think it sucks. And I'm going to start running different patterns. You know, when, I, when he says to do, uh, you know, a post towards, uh, you know, I'm going to do an out. Stupid. I'm going to do a slant instead of the post because his, his idea is dumb and I'm not going to execute his plan. Well, of course, Bill Belichick would bench him and then release him. Of course. And he should. Absolutely. When you have a, it's, it's the same reason why I said Mitt Romney was a stupid choice for Secretary of State. While I yeah. would rather have uh, uh, Mitt Romney's um, vision for the country and for foreign policy specifically than Donald Trump's. But that's why we question Donald Trump is president. <laughs> he needs to have someone who's going to execute his beliefs. He believes Russia is not a threat or at least not a serious one, one we should work with more closely. Where Mitt Romney said they're the biggest threat on the planet. You don't put someone in that role that believes that Russia is the biggest threat on the planet if your vision you is something else. It makes no sense. So I fully support what Donald Trump did. He should have fired her when yeah. she came out publicly. Now, if she came to him and said, look, I have a real problem with this. I don't think I can execute it. They should have come to some sort of arrangement where she would resign early and it wouldn't be a big public spectacle. And that's how she should have handled it. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a public servant, that's the way that you handle that. Um, but she didn't handle it that way. So I have no problem with him saying, look, you're fired. You know, wow. first of all, he said it a lot of times. He's famous for it. In fact, it's the same. It seems to be the main thing that what him the president saying. Sure so uh, he got that moment. I was so far. I was waiting for reports that Trump went over to the Justice Department and said, you're fired. Yeah. In person. Let's film it. Let's go. I was actually waiting for it. I kind of would. would great. I, it, it seemed uh, like he should have actually done. <laughs> he should have gone to the boardroom. Yes. At NBC and just had like someone who looked like her <laughs> sit down and actually acted the whole thing out. Uh, this is off the point, And I know there's a lot of people who are happy with what Trump has done. And some of the stuff I've told you that I am happy that he's done. But can I just address the little part of you that, that was not happy that Donald Trump won the primary for just a minute? Can I, can I just talk to that group of you? I know some of you are, are, th are very excited. group of people. Some of you have it. a part of your brain that remembers that. I actually find myself annoyed at NBC for actually having the balls to air a new version of The Apprentice right now. 
You just I got know. you just gave us Donald Trump as the Republican nominee, and he's going to be president, and that may very well be better than Hillary, so I'm not addressing that part of it. But the fact that you raised this guy's profile that's to defeat show. a bunch of really good constitutional yes. conservatives, and then you're like, oh, by the way, watch us again? Screw you. Plus, that's his show. And it's Let's Trump's show. Come Stop, on, stop trying to redo it. Though, uh, and I know Trump has been all about uh, with ratings. He's been like, oh, well, it uh, looks like Schwarzenegger's ratings suck. Well, first of all, you, you remember you left your name on there as executive producer. You made a big deal about that. So <laughs> it's your ratings that also suck. Not that I think you should be doing that job right now. Uh, the other part of that, though, is his ratings actually don't suck at all. They're lower than, than the ratings when the show started, but they're pretty consistent with where the show ended. Uh, you know, when Trump's last seasons, I mean, Schwarzenegger's right around there with with the appropriate yeah, level well, of deterioration it. just from the fact that all television ratings are slowly going down. And that, from was other what, that was one of Trump's arguments, yeah. too, right? Is that this was, oh, yeah, he's, uh, his, his ratings are good uh, to, compared to uh, me at the end, not in the beginning. Right, and it's true. Right, but still. Uh, but the people are bored with the show. Uh, they, they, when it was new, people liked it, and Trump's ratings were very good. Towards the end, they were uh, you know, pretty bad. I mean, they actually interviewed one of the producers of the show, and he was like, you know, I, I had a I had a problem going to Trump because he was very obsessed with ratings, but did not want to hear that he wasn't anything but number one. So you'd go to him and you're like, here's the ratings, and we'd be number 68. And I couldn't tell him that we were number 68 because he would get so angry. So you just kind of massage it to him and kind of, well, here they are. I don't know what to tell you. We're number one in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, I know. Well, he does the Jeff Fisher excuse with the what, what is it? What's the wording of this particular claim? Just real quick, give us the wording of this claim. We'll let the audience the Jeff judge. Jeff Fisher excuse? Yeah, give me. Are you trying to? Are you trying to? You give us the wording, and we'll let the audience choose whether you are being honest with this particular claim or if this is maybe something that shouldn't be believed. I'm the most listened to weekly broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. The most listened to weekly, weekly broadcast, broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. So what you're saying is. You're number one on the weekend, is what you're saying. That's what you're saying. You're saying that you haven't beaten anybody, any of the of the main full-time shows, but you have... Well, the main full-time shows get five days a week. They do get five days a week. Yes, they do. I wonder why... <laughs> As somebody who hosts a weekend show, I am the number one weekend show on The Blaze. I just want to make that very clear. Most listened to. Well, I'm most viewed on The Blaze. I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing about Wonderful World is too. I have the same stupid <laughs> argument. All right, so uh, Actually, Trump, right, you know. <laughs> Trump, uh, I get it, this is sort of weird. Let me get the two things next to each other. This is January 29th and January 30th. I don't think the, again, the incompetence of how this thing has been rolled out when we come to the immigration thing has really been problematic. Okay. Uh, you might, I, I, we've talked about it, what it actually says, what it could theoretically do, um, but when you're talking about just the purely how it's been handled, it's been a disaster. It's been done by a bunch of amateurs, it seems. Here is the, the 29th and 30th statement. Can we see this? The 29th first, uh, uh, if we could see it, because this is, it's odd that this would happen. There is a highlighted from somebody on Twitter highlighted this. Uh, Donald Trump uh, statement regarding uh, executive order concerning extreme vetting. Now, they want to be tough here on the 29th. They say it's extreme vetting. That's, that's a big deal, right? You're making. Sunday. He said it uh, over and all for the campaign. He wanted to make sure he was really tough. Now there, a, a big thing happens where, wait a minute, this guy's being too tough. I can't believe this. All the protests spring up. The next day, they release this statement, which if you look at the highlighted portion, 
calling for tougher vetting uh, for individuals traveling from seven dangerous places is not extreme. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a little bit of a difference That's there, funny. but again, it's a type of thing you should notice when you're releasing a, a statement. That's really funny. Uh, from as the president it of the United States. Doesn't surprise me though. Um, this is actually, I think, a positive moment though for Trump uh, talking about Chuck Schumer and just mocking the idiocy because Schumer is such a pathetic. Oh. Uh, first of all, he's in the douche hall of fame, and this is sadly douche on douche violence you're about to see, but. Let's watch. Can we that air anyway. that? We can. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. well, I noticed uh, Chuck Schumer yesterday with fake tears. I'm going to ask him who is his acting coach because uh, I know him very well. I don't see him as a crier. If he is, he's a different man. There's about a five percent chance that it was real, but I think they were fake tears. Kind of a funny. The President reaction. of the United States Here's says he reaction. thinks those were fake tears. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to dignify that kind of silliness. Let him roll up his sleeves and and put out a put out uh, mm. uh, something mm. that really does prevent terrorists uh, rather than this. He ought to stick to the substance. Name calling and things like that are what's led Stop to it. these problems that oh, we're seeing. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't take this presidency seriously enough, at least in this instance. And you know, I have said all along, there are times he flatters me, there are times he calls names. That's not going to influence me. I'm going to do what I think is the right thing, and that's what I'm are doing you, here. Chuck? I'm proud of it. Are you? Uh, so, I mean, first of all, Chuck Schumer, is it name calling that's causing the problems with terrorism? I don't think uh, that's really no, the issues. Um, and Schumer, of course, has called everybody a million names. I mean, you know, this is what they call people. They just like the names that they call people. They think they're right on those names. Um, do I think he was uh, faking the tears during the press conference? Yeah. 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 And I'd like to know what the name calling was. I mean, well, Trump I guess. was just talking about his acting coach and the fake tears. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it is a little bit. He was taunting him a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, certainly trolling, uh, as it were. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, look, was he faking the tears? Yeah, he probably was. Um, you know, he thinks this is a big moment. And, you know, again, this moment has been handed to him by sure the has. Trump administration. And that's the problem here. If you're a Trump fan and you support this action, I think we all support, at least on the conservative side, the idea in theory that we would be tougher uh, vetting refugees and uh, and people who come into the country. We want to know who's who's here. It's something, uh, despite Trump's claims throughout the campaign, it's something we've been talking about for multiple decades, back when he was proposing uh, the exact opposite of all of these things. Uh, yeah. It's been a big conservative idea for a long time. So uh, if uh, he, you know, it's good that he's on supposedly on board with this, and maybe this, I, I hope don't, so. I, I mean, you know, looking at the way it operates, I, I don't know that it's a hugely... It's not a difference maker, I don't think, for either side of this debate. It certainly is not a difference. It's a difference maker if you are about to be killed by ISIS and you could be coming over here in the next couple months. That is a difference maker for you. Uh, and I will grant that, and that is a, a major part of this discussion. Because three months is not a long time uh, to the average person trying to immigrate to this country. If you're a refugee, it is. Uh, you, know, you, you may very well be dead in three months. And you know what? I promise you the media will find the story of the person who was supposed to immigrate here and was blocked and is now dead because ISIS killed them. That will happen in the oh, next yes. three months. Absolutely. Um, what is it, Tuesday? Right, today's Tuesday. It is. So I see where we're having the Homeland Security briefing now, okay, about the uh, immigration uh, plan. Yes. Uh, order. So when did that come down? Friday? I think it was Friday. Saturday, right, Friday? So... Four days, four and a half, five days. Did you think that uh, maybe it was mismanaged a little bit? 
that we're now already having a briefing five days later. Right. And I mean, I mean, nobody look, knew what the was, other hand was doing. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're going to deny this, obviously, because that's their job. Um, just like, you know, the Obama administration denied that the rollout of Obamacare's website was a, was a disaster. But, I mean, remember, <laughs> there are no, there are are no glitches. You remember Ed Schultz going on TV saying, there on. are no glitches. There are no glitches. <laughs> That Nobody was, could get on. Yeah, oh, I mean, that was great. right. And, and so, <laughs> you know, it's probably not that bad. Uh, but I mean, the issue here is we got a report yesterday. It was during the show, a report yesterday that Kelly, uh, General, former General Kelly, um, uh, was making a list of people who should be exempt from uh, this ban. Right. And, and that is built into the, the executive order. A lot of people want to ignore right. that. The media likes to ignore that. But it is built in that you can exempt people. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people that they're crying about, by the way, yeah, what about these people? They, they should all be exempted. Yes. However, the list shouldn't have been made multiple days after they're it was in right. effect. That is just like, it's insanity. Doesn't you go to your own sense. secretary of Homeland Security and say, make the list. So we have, so there's not an NBA player being blocked. There's not a translator or a former general who helped us being blocked. Well, even so. How do you not do that in advance? You don't do that after it's already been in place. And is there going to be someone that you miss? Absolutely. Of course. There's going to be someone that you miss. You're going to forget forget that. There's no question. So, okay, we fix it. Let's move on. But to have uh, hundreds of people detained and delayed and cried about and whined about giving the opposition... Their talking points, their firing points, that's sad. That's a gift. I mean, and, you know, when you're Donald Trump, you're going to have your your series of controversies. You're going to have your moments where things uh, are media flare-ups. You try not to just, on a silver platter, <laughs> hand the media the easiest storyline of all time. you got a five-year-old at an airport who can't see his parents, who are citizens, uh, over a long, you know, over a... Uh, nobody will cover that, Stu, though. Don't right. Worry about of course it. they're going to cover that. You're making it too easy. Um, so, uh, and, and it has affected his approval rating already. Uh, um, did you see the list of people, how long it took for, to get 50% disapproval? Um, oh, all the presidents. I went back and most presidents get to 50% disapproval over time. We get sick of these guys. Sure. Okay. Um, the most popular presidents all have their period where they hit that, that piss Trump um, off, though. but it takes five, six, 700 days, a thousand days, 1200 Trump. days. Trump really bad. It, he won't like that at took all. Trump man. eight days, <laughs> eight <laughs> Now, he also started at a much worse point than all of the other presidents, so it's not necessarily all that notable, um, but it is already affecting his Yeah, those rating. are like ratings, though, the TV ratings, man. He'll be all, he will not like that one little bit. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. If you're a Trump supporter uh, and you like what he's doing, he's got two years for this because, you know, yeah. and I will say he probably has longer than that because of um, uh, the way the Senate races flesh out in 2018, but he could lose the House. He could lose the Senate in 2018, and all of a sudden, yeah. this stuff, he doesn't get anything done after that outside of executive orders. Right. Um, and then, you know, you have the very real possibility that the Democratic Congress passes something that over, overwhelms that. Because I think Pat is right. I think, I think Pat Gray called it right. I think Trump would have rather won the popular vote and not the electoral vote, which is why he still has a, that lingering battle with the uh, uh, voter fraud, because he wants those numbers to come back where he won the popular vote. I, I, I honestly believe that. And that's why I think that, uh, like, I kind of like your, when we were talking, we'll talk a little bit later uh, about the uh, SCOTUS picks, but that's why I kind of like your theory on that. Which I'm one? Leaning, I'm leaning toward Twitter boy. 
Ah, Justice Don Willard uh, from Texas, by the way. Someone said I said Florida on the air. You did. You said Florida the second time. And I thought, when we were talking off the air, you said Texas. And then you said Florida on the air, and I thought, uh, okay, well, he must have looked it up, and it's actually that's the guy's weird. actually from Florida. Because I, I thought he was from Texas too. He's famously from Texas. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very much I, defines him. Okay, um, I, I will. I may get kicked out of Texas for calling it, saying he was from Florida. <laughs> no, but I mean, he's. I mean, he's actually one of. He's. He probably uses Twitter better than anyone uh, that I know. Um, he is a. Uh, he's one of my favorite accounts to follow. He's funny. He's smart. He knows the Constitution really well. Uh, seems to be a great choice. Again. I, I can't. I am not in the world enough of analyzing day day to day decisions by potential Supreme Court justices. I'm doing the fakey three day expert <laughs> thing like everybody else. I mean, I'm reading right. extensive profiles on the guy, trying to pull out little details. Hardiman makes me nervous because his record is thin um, on important issues. You know, the 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 Trump's not going to care the, about the, the in depth uh, right the in depth profiles of Hardiman reach for nuggets they're trying to 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 mine things where gorsuch and and prior have real actually have some work black and white issues not on everything um prior probably is the most well-defined um you know willett is 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 an example where because he has a personality outside of that world it's the type of thing that i think trump (laughs) likes (laughs) and you know what what, i think trump looks at this and he's got i taught 20 guys i don't know trump doesn't know who the best one out of this group is well he spent all this time interviewing them and talking yeah sure um but i think he does know the entertainment value you know uh, example of this is mattis uh, general mattis general mattis was a um consensus good pick for a republican to, to 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 take the position he did uh secretary of defense former general all sorts of qualifications. Even Democrats liked him at some point. But he's. But what I think Trump liked about him that set him aside from all the other candidates that, yes. that matched up, he liked the name Mad Dog. He liked the fact he could go out in front of people and say, I picked Mad Dog yes. to run this Defense Department. I'm tough. He liked the fact that he had all the quotes that were on the Internet. Yep. People were familiar with him. They could look up him being a badass <laughs> over and over and over again. He liked that Absolutely. part. Everyone else gave him a, a list of people that would be acceptable, and Trump said, I want Mad Dog. And, and that's why Willett seems to be a good choice here. Willett is a smart guy. He's He hasn't – He's he is uh, – he – he is intelligent. He knows the Constitution. He's a pick that people would like. And he's got this persona that people outside of the world uh, that care about Supreme Court justices can connect with. So He'll funny. go in front of, of these hearings and be smart and funny and likable. And Trump will come out tonight and he'll say, you know, uh, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I just tweeted it out. But uh, will I get up here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think... There's something there. There is something to that. Uh, but I still, I mean, really, I'm kind of, I, I, you know, in my heart, I would love to have the, the Twitter will it. It would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. be a great call. But I really do think it's going to be his sister's friend. Hardiman. Hardiman. Yeah. Again, it's someone that a conservatives did uh, pick uh, and put on a list. So, um, and obviously, you know, Trump had literally nothing to do with that list. I mean, right. we, we um, have a lot of people who did, that we know, who did have things to do with that list. I mean, it was not something that Trump had any input in at all it was all experts just handing him a piece of paper because he wanted that issue he to signed go off on it yeah. he wanted the issue to go away yep there you go um, i gave you 20 so now happy now now it's like one of those things and now he's looking at this and saying look they handed it to me i've got a great argument that this person is going to be conservative i didn't even pick the person so now let me pick my favorite 
um, you know, who's known? Who's done things that will be, you know, Mike Lee, yeah. I don't think it has any chance. I don't, th- I doubt his brother does. The other, I'll That's give you another, bad. you want another long shot That's here? too bad. Not, not even a long shot. Uh, but the Never Trump talk radio show host, Charlie Sykes, post-Trump okay. all the way from the beginning, has opposed him afterwards, has said really rough things to Trump. Yeah. His ex-wife is one of the people on the list. And so you could see to needle this one guy that Trump would say, you know what? I want Diane I mean, Sykes. Sykes quit after this, right? He did, although he said it had nothing to do with this. He no, I know, but I mean, he time. quit. I mean, the election was over, and it was the end he's of going, the year. You know, he's Sykes, done, right? and I like Charlie Sykes. I think he took a brave stand and has, has been principled throughout this. However, he's gone to, uh, you know, he's written stories for New York Times and Politico and all these other things where he has continued to say, this guy's a, a disaster as a president. And you know that's, that needles um, uh, him yeah. right away. So I don't know what the relationship oh, so between the Charlie Sykes, the ex-wife, right. If they have a bad relationship, <laughs> you could see Trump going that way, too. I think he's going to look for the flair here. Oh, Again, Jennifer great. Aniston had pieces of flair. I think that's what Trump... Uh, Trump is the guy who wants to assign her the pieces of flair. He wants the person who's going the... He wants the other annoying waiter at Tchotchke's. He doesn't want the Jennifer Aniston who's putting on the pieces of flair because he has to. <laughs> she wants, he wants the person who's wearing the 47 pieces of flair. Yeah. And the 47 pieces of flair, there's a couple in there that would give you the that's flair, great. and I can kind of see that happening. That would be really good. All right. Well, we got to take a break. We're really long <laughs> as usual. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the uh, phone number. Uh, let me talk to you about self reliance. It's something that uh, the left doesn't uh, want to tell you about because they want you to they want you to care about what the government is going to do for you. What are you going to do for yourself? Well, uh, it's easy to prepare. Emergency food mm. tastes like home cooking. Lasts up to twenty five years. Yes. I mean, it's, hello. It's my Patriot Supply. This is what they do every single day. They are delivering. Um, I mean, tons of food. And other great survival items um, and sustenance items, um, self-reliance items is probably the best way to put it, uh, to people all across the country in this audience. Uh, easy to food, prepare food uh, for only $99, plus free shipping. We're talking four weeks here. So we talk about this a lot. There's steps you can take. The very basic step that will cover 80% of what could happen to you is the three-day kit. you got to have that, if, especially if you have a family. you got to have is there, that. I mean, there's no way to get a hold of them. Though, you, right? can. you can. However, you step that up a little bit. You go to a couple weeks. Uh, it's going to knock up maybe 90%. Four okay. weeks is going to go 95%. Uh, and then they'll go all the way up to a year or more uh, to help you out, get through everything you can think of. It's 888-411-5290, the number. 888-411-5290 for My Patriot Supply. Or go to preparewiththeblaze.com. Do it right now while you're thinking about it. Kind of a funny story. Um, a very patient Scotsman goes by the name of Steve Bannon. <laughs> Keeps getting mistaken for Trump's chief strategist on Twitter. Uh, this happens, I think, every time a new name pops into Boy, the public no sphere. All the time. It really does. And in fact, uh, you would know this, Jeffy, uh, as he uh, dis- deposed uh, head coach of the uh, St. Saint- saint Louis, then L.A. Rams, uh, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Uh, you were getting some angry tweets. I got all kinds of tweets. Uh, you get fired? Dude, what's going on? And so every time I see, did Jeffy get fired, I get so excited. And it's, it's actually about the, uh, the coach. Why would you get excited? Uh, it would mean that I would, <laughs> yeah, it does. wouldn't be here. Uh, now, it would be weird if the profile picture of the chief advisor to the president of the United States had this picture with a teddy bear. 
Uh, and actually, that's <laughs> Ted, too. That is the Ted yeah. from the movie. Um, Steve Bannon, he's from Scotland, uh, happily married with three lovely daughters, that's nothing to funny. do with U.S. politics or running the White House, etc. <laughs> he's actually now um, starting. <laughs> it is not the Steve Bannon you're looking for. Um, <laughs> that's he has, funny. Uh, what, how many? Uh, 700 followers. Um, and he just keeps repeat. He actually responds seemingly to everyone who m- makes this mistake. And now he's actually started. Uh, eh, this is smart. Started a little Kickstarter. Uh, donate to the non. The not. This is what is it? Uh, donate to wrong Steve Bannon. If you well, arrive I here, like you that idea. I, I, it's a funny. Why not try to take advantage? If it gets a few hundred bucks, it gets a few hundred bucks. Right. right? Why um, not? He could buy a new, new Ted doll. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe you can get the real one that actually moves and talks, and not just a doll. Ooh. Hey, um, Marissa, can we look at how much money he's raised? Can you click on that and see if you can figure out uh, how much money he's raised? I'd like to know, because uh, if that works, I might be creating some fake accounts. I know. All right, Jeffy? I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, Stu. This is actually, uh, it's also known as Jeffy's Retirement Plan. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of funny. We'll get you to that update here in a little bit. Uh, Trump is also, of course, uh, we talked about the Supreme Court thing that's coming up tonight. By the way, Facebook Live, Doc Thompson, it's happening right after uh, the Supreme Court uh, pick is announced. He's going to be on, uh, you go to the Blaze Facebook page, you'll see it there, uh, and get all the analysis uh, that happens right as it, uh, as it goes on. But we've been talking a lot about uh, Donald Trump's uh, immigration proposal. Uh, people are calling it a Muslim ban. Um, and is it a Muslim ban? Uh, you know, I, you know it's, it's, it's a tough one to kind of uh, figure out. There is one easy way to tell, however. Uh, obviously, Trump proposed a Muslim ban on the campaign trail, so it's understandable that people would jump there. It's a policy that I strongly opposed. A lot of people in this audience strongly opposed. I thought it was unconstitutional and completely wrong. But that policy is not this policy. It's not. It's a completely different thing. And because people, you know, idiots like uh, General Flynn's son uh, tweeted about it, Rudy Giuliani went on the TV box uh, and, and talked about how he, it might have been a Muslim ban and how Trump came to him. Um, you can read the, a great article from David French. We went through it yesterday from the National Review. Now, this is a guy who almost ran for president against Donald Trump. So he comes from it from an, an anti-Trump perspective, a never-Trump perspective. All the typical complaints are addressed in his piece. We went through it yesterday. If you read it, you're going to wonder what the media is talking about because the language is pretty clear. It was rolled out poorly. It was rolled out, as we kind of said yesterday, uh, by a bunch of amateurish boobs. It's really the way it seems. It was very similar to the way Obamacare and uh, in, in that website was rolled out. It wasn't planned well. And, of course, Rudy Giuliani went on freaking national television, seeming to indicate that Trump asked him to put together a legal way to accomplish a Muslim ban. These are all very legitimate concerns. And concerns, I mean, that should be addressed. However, we've seen with Donald Trump, he, he, you know, these things change. Uh, he may have met a Muslim, meant a Muslim ban at the beginning and when he asked uh, Giuliani about it. But maybe then after that, he started thinking about the issue for the second time and changed his mind. Right. I mean, this is what happens. Um, the language in, of the executive order does not mention Muslims at all. It mentions persecuted religious minorities. So if you're in the media, I, I was going to say, if you're John Carl, if you're one of these people who is in the you know, press pool and ask smart questions every day, please ask this one. Here's to the easy way to test if the Trump administration really wanted to ban Muslims or not. Give you an example. The population of Iran is made up of 89% Shia Muslims and about 9% Sunni Muslims. In Iran, Sunni Muslims are a religious minority. If they were persecuted, would they 
be able to go to the front of the line once refugee admissions continue, like other religious minorities. If Episcopalians started violently persecuting Presbyterians somewhere, no one would say, well, they're both Christians, so don't worry about it. The distinction is important. What would surprise a lot of people, I think in the media, certainly on the left, is that the import of Sunni Muslims from Iran is absolutely consistent with the language of the executive order. Is it consistent with the intent? That we don't know. My hope is if some innocent family of Sunni Muslims was facing the persecution of a brutal Shia Muslim government, we would want to help them. We would want to help them if they were able to clear the vetting process. That's still an important part of that puzzle. Of course, the Trump administration, if they did answer that, it would take away a giant battering ram for the media. So maybe the media won't ask that question after all, but it would be a smart way for Trump to handle this. Come out and say, look, everyone, you guys are the ones making up the Muslim thing. Yes, I said it a long time ago. We went through a process where that, that uh, process, uh, that opinion obviously changed. I mean, I can tell you, and I said this at the time, I'm very much team Mike Pence on the argument of that initial Muslim ban. I thought it was a terrible idea. So did his vice president. Yeah. Um, but he's changed the policy. So now we got to judge him on what he's actually doing rather than what he said he might do. He's actually doing this thing. And as of so as of this point, it is not what the media is making out, out to be. And prove you can easily prove it with an answer to that question. Well, we've been told so many things now that uh, it's it is it is kind of interesting that uh, it does uh, along well, along with the SCOTUS pick and this it bodes well to Trump's uh, fake media and uh, the media just lies to you and uh, they don't know what they're talking about. If he he can come out and easily easily say. It's not what it is, and the only people that are telling you the truth aren't these people here. All these people over here, fake news, all lying to you. That's a big mistake on the media's part. They should be going, they should be towing the line right now behind him. I mean, I'm not, I, I, oh God, I sounded like, a, like the Trump spokesman for it. They should be towing the line behind Donald Trump right They should shut up, right? What was it? They should, sh- <laughs> they should shut up and fall in line. Right. I mean, that is a Bannon uh, right. uh, proposal, although um, it wasn't really that bad. But, I mean, it is, it's a bad, uh, a bad precedent to set. Right now, like, the media seems to want to be sort of activists. Um, they've wanted to do this for a long time. But, still gotta... but you've got to question this, and I think that's a fair one. It's actually a really yeah. smart I think, question from the media, because they also could win. I mean, think about this. If you're someone in the media who doesn't like Trump and he can't answer that question the way I just described, then it is a Muslim ban. I mean, I think you can make a serious argument that that is a Muslim ban. They just didn't write it. If he does, for some reason, say, you know what? We have a family of of Sunni Muslims that are, I mean, think about, take this back to when we talked about it more. President Ahmadinejad is hunting down Sunni Muslims in Iran. Don't we side with the Sunni Muslims here? Yep. I mean, you might not, you might not like their, uh, you know, all the tenets of their religion, or you'd be a member of it. Um, but victims of things like this, you know, if we, you know, Ahmadinejad was our enemy. If the Ayatollah is, is coming down and, and hunting down Sunni Muslims all around uh, Iran, you're telling me we wouldn't be interested in helping them? You I got to believe to the be. Trump administration would say absolutely, as long as we could vet them. I mean, that's what, uh, if we go even go back a little bit farther to into Iraq, I mean, uh, the days of Saddam Hussein and uh, with his chemical weapons against the Kurds, uh, which makes them a minority uh, in, uh, in Iraq, mm-hmm. um, I'm guessing that uh, maybe they would have a, a way to get in this country as well. Uh, I mean, let's, let's find out. Let's find out. I like it.
I mean, uh, you know, I, I would like to know. I would like to know. because, And it's also a, a basic competency test of the Trump administration. If they, if they can't understand this and figure it out immediately, especially after, you know, it's been on multi- national television and radio for the past couple of days since I've been talking about it. I mean, yeah. you got to be able to, to understand this one. And, and I think, by the way, it would be an ind- interesting indication if he was not able to say, well, of course, in that situation, we don't know that that situation's happening, but if that situation were to happen, we would apply the law at, uh, in the executive order as written. It's an easy answer. It's an easy it answer. It is an easy answer um, on their part. I can't, if they can't answer it, that, then it is a Muslim ban, and they should just walk away and then have at him. Have at him. You're right. Throw it at him. But you know what? If I think also, I was thinking that uh, uh, Spicer, he is not really that good. And I was thinking, was it was it you and I that were talking about? Uh, I listened to his uh, one one press conference. I think it was yesterday, and I got the impression that if he screws it, keeps screwing this up, and this could be the end of him, but this could also be the end of those press conferences. You know, it's funny you say that. Was it was it you and I that were talking I think about so, that? Yeah. It might have been because I think that this could be the 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 tipping point to that. It's one of those things where Trump likes to to do things. He doesn't like to be restrained by tradition. Like they didn't ask this, the first question always goes to the same news source. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, they, just, he doesn't want to do that. That's care. stupid. It is stupid. And you know, there's no reason for him to do it. <laughs> Why do we do that? Right. And but that's and he asks questions like that. And that's one of the things I think people like about him. Yeah. People, people like the fact that he's going to not take some tradition just because it's a tradition. And it's the same thing. Like we're we're accustomed to having these daily press conferences yeah. with the with the spokesperson. They start going against him. He starts becoming more and more unpopular. He'll just say, "Screw it, we're yeah. not doing any more of these." Bye bye. I'll we'll do one a week. When, I'll let you know when I got something yeah. to say. Maybe it'll be one every two weeks. Watch Twitter. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll tweet it. Yeah, it's if those things go badly for him, uh, I would not be at all surprised to see that happen. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the number. We're running late as usual on this particular program. Back with more in just a second. Do we have spoons today, by the way? What kind of food are we eating? What kind of food are we eating today? Chips. Pies? Oh, I'm not going to like this one. This one I'm not going to like. All right, there you go. Here it is. Uh, he's raised $40. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, actually, 40 pounds. Uh, Steve Bannon has raised 40 pounds in the new year. That's just like Jeffy. Uh, up about 40 pounds in the new year. Yeah, well. Give or take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm in the yeah. same bandwagon. Uh, uh, but yeah, 40 pounds, not, not, a, not a great haul. Uh, but, you know, hey, what's that, 55 bucks, something like that, $52, something like that. Still pretty good. Um, why not? Uh, it's 50 bucks he didn't have. Right. You know, and now he's got this new attention. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll up that to 41 pounds. Uh, <laughs> Lucky for him. I actually kind of like the. I like the guy just from the perspective. Unless he's of, playing with it a little bit. He's not yeah. mad. He's not angry. I got it. Mm-hmm. You're thinking it's the wrong guy. And then let's have some fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? And 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 he's kept his profile picture the same, which is. <laughs> and, and what'd you get? Ex- increased uh, scrutiny? You think maybe maybe you'd take a different picture? No. He's leaving that one there, and I like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, news networks: ABC, CBS, NBC actually decided to point their cameras at the March for Life rally for basically the first time in history. Uh, They spent 21 minutes, 52 seconds, covering the 44th annual March for Life, which took place Friday. Uh, The uh, three network, only ABC covered the 2016 version for 35 seconds. Wow. So 37 times the coverage. Uh, The story's up on the blaze if you want to see the numbers, but, I mean, that's a a really 
you know, we goaded them into it, apparently. We have. Finally. Oh, yes. And, you know, again, this is, for all the things I don't like about Trump, this is the type of thing that, that he does well. Um, he drew attention to this, I think, by, um, and more, more, more than him, his supporters uh, and defenders said, well, you're not going to cover, you're talking about those protests, are you going to talk about these? And so the, the networks were right. like, ah, put some freaking cameras out there and show those pro-life and, nuts. Yep, and he sent, I mean, he sent Conway out there and he sent Pence out there to speak. Yeah, so, Pence I mean, spoke. I mean, they fir- had to. And he was the first VP to ever speak. Yeah, I mean, um, they had to pretty much look, cover that. No one doubts Pence is legitimately pro-life. Um, you know, t- no, Trump. No. Trump, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think I think it's not a passion part of his personality, but I do think at this point, uh, it was the one thing he's kind of was able to identify a, uh, uh, no, a Trump, yeah, keep pivot point. I think his, I, I think his pivot point is eh, keep him alive now. <laughs> I think he probably is pro-life at this point. Oh. I don't know. That's a, I don't think that's by far. It's not the thing that drives him. Right? No I mean, But I mean, I think he probably is. The other thing about Trump, which is interesting, and look, people made these points to us uh, behind the scenes many times is that he might not have strong opinions on a lot of these issues, even though he acts like he has strong opinions on everything. Um, But he will wind up siding with the people who side with him. So if, you know, in a tough moment, if you come out and defend the guy, uh, then he will, when your pet issue comes up, he'll be on your side because he doesn't really care or he doesn't really care about these issues per se. He's been on both sides of them for so long He'll pick the one that's in front of him that helps the people that are helping him. Right. And, I mean, that's his argument, right, to uh, getting uh, the best people in positions to go and do their job and come back to him and say, this is uh, what we're asking uh, if you choose, and I think that this is the best. All right, go with that. Yeah. Or, I mean, whatever whatever it is. I mean, so he doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to read all about it. He doesn't have He could be Mr. CEO. Mr. Big Shot Money Guy, who he is, right? I mean, that's the whole point. So I think that if he, I was thinking about this, he's, everybody's saying that he's you know, on fire, working hard, going crazy. I think if, after he gets everything in place here in the first 100 days, um, then he can kick back. Just go. He doesn't have to work so hard. He can get up and tweet every morning at 4 o'clock. Yeah. Hey, yep, I've got a rose garden ceremony at 10. See you then. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. know. I don't think he ever. I don't know. I think he, you know, like, one thing I will say about Donald Trump, and I made this point throughout even the primary, the man has energy. Absolutely. And he wants to tell everybody he's getting things done. And so I don't think that's, that's ever going to stop. Even if they're not huge things, I think he's going to make big deals out of them. I mean, that was his point um, through the whole thing. Like, you're yeah. low energy. you got no energy. Let's go. Let's get Let's get going. He's been that way his entire life, right? Mm. Oh, if you, if you like that sentence, you're going to love the next segment. It's Jeffy time coming what? up next. Yeah. You want to prepare something while we're in the commercials? At least come up with. Oh, now I got to actually look for something. I mean, that'll be helpful. Whatever. It's Jeffy time. It happens at the same time every day. People know to avoid the show when it happens. Which is why I don't prepare anything. Oh. <laughs> some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Welcome to Pat's Do. Let's start off with Illinois Lottery for just a second and then we'll move on to the SAG Awards, which was agonizing on Sunday night. Just want to quickly point out before you start that you're not, you have no prep for this segment. You're actually reading the story off your phone. So uh, why don't you tilt your uh, little, your prep thing down there a little bit so people can see. 
Yeah. And you're just reading this story off of your phone because he didn't bother to do any prep no, for the that, segment that he does true. every that's day. That's not true. My day. computer is about ready to die. My laptop. Every day. Notice, on, notice, no laptop? Don't try to talk your way out of this. Don't filibuster. Say your stupid story. You know something stupid here? I am. So you sick. and I. Look at this. Oh he, this is more of the filibuster. Um, He's got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois lottery. Yes. Not paying anyone over $600 until they get their, uh, until they get their finances in order. <laughs> People have won millions of dollars. Nope, we're not going to pay you right now. This is like the Trump immigration I ban. would I, burn I, that state down. I'd be there, if, if you want to talk about rioting, upset, protesting, signs, if I won the lottery, if I won the lottery in Illinois and they said no, Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, is it uh, this is similar to the feel of the Muslim ban, the initial Muslim ban from Donald Trump. And that like, uh, we're going to ban all Muslims until we can figure out what the hell is going on. (laughs) Right. You're what? You can tell you can figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, it's like we're not going to pay any lottery prizes until we can figure out what the hell is going on. So wait for that. At some point, that's going to happen. So the SAG Awards, Sunday night, I, I was watching it off and on, and I missed some of the better, ridiculous uh, winning speeches from uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all saw Lots that. Lots of anti- and, anti-Trump Oh, stuff. my gosh, yeah. yes. I and it was, that, yeah. It was bad. And I'm telling you, what, before we get to the video that really caught me off guard on Sunday night, the uh, Oscars and the Grammys could just be the end of them this year. Now, I'm telling you, man, the left is going to love it. They a freaking party out of control. Remember, Michael Moore got booed when he made a speech uh, at the Grammys. That's not going to happen this year. They're out of control. So I'm watching the SAG Awards and Michelle Dockery uh, comes out to give. And I forget who she's with. Who cares? Uh, Comes out to uh, give an award away. And uh, I am unbelievably stunned that she does not stop blinking. Hmm. So I recorded it with my wife. And, uh, we, uh, Let's see, see if we can count the blanks here. She will not stop. Okay, Look at this. a close-up. Blinking, Hold on. Blinking. Don't take your eyes off of her. Okay, 1, 2, stop 3, blinking. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, stop 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 6, 7, 8, 9, 30, 31, 2, 3, 3, 4, 4, 5, 6, 6 7, 7, 8, 9, 40. Please take her off the screen. Wow, 40 blinks. Oh, my gosh. Roughly. Now, we, a lot of people were saying that she was actually uh, blinking in code, and she was in trouble and needed help. So, <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know. If hey, she was, it. man. Sorry, Michelle, I couldn't come and help you. And she didn't. She was probably hoping for help from you. <laughs> Wait. Welcome to Pat and Stu, minus Pat and minus Stu. Oh, good cover there, Jeffy. That was a good uh, good cover with me uh, three feet away. That was uh, I didn't even... You, your improbabilities are utterly amazing. They really are. I mean, it's why you're such a talented broadcaster and have been so for such a long time. And when I say such a long time since before broadcasting Stop began... Stop babbling walking across that floor. 
I, well, first of all, I, you know, let's also talk, if we're going to talk about how bad of a broadcaster you are, let's also talk about uh, the director uh, who is uh, sitting up there and taking the wide shot of both of us when I'm not here. And then... Which is why I looked up and decided to say that you weren't here. Because it was already, already evident on the screen, Stu. Bastards. Both of you. You, you, all of you. You all suck. And I'm great. It's a conspiracy against you, <laughs> Stu. It is, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously some people would point out maybe I should show up for the show on time. I mean, that's another option. Uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think that's important Heaven information. Heaven forbid that happen. At all. I was, I, I, well, I had to go get some food. Did you, uh, I was did you leave the building? It took uh, um, you walk, an allotted amount of time. You, walk, you make a sloth look like a freaking you know, Usain Bolt. You're, you, you don't get to tell people they're slow. Sloth look like Usain Bolt. I was, I, the fact that I could pull Usain Bolt I, that, out of right, memory bank, I, I was impressed by myself. That was darn that good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, let's talk about someone who actually knows how to be a broadcaster, uh, Glenn Beck. Um, oh, all right. Well, he kind of does. Um, this is an interesting uh, conversation because he talks about something we've discussed a little bit here um, and Glenn has been fascinated by for a while. I sent him last night a clip of an interview that Steve Bannon did with a European think tank in 2014. You think, well, BuzzFeed drew some attention to this a few months ago, before the election happened. Um, And it was basically his, they did an an investigation on the rise of nationalism in Europe in 2014. And so as part of that investigation, they attended some of these symposiums where uh, people, you know, these groups were talking um, and, and kind of tried to follow the rise. Right. What they, what they did not have any real, there was no re, they were not looking to get any information on Steve Bannon out of this. It was a totally different, separate investigation. But as he rose in sort of prominence in the um, uh, Trump campaign, he, they released the transcript and the video of this. And so the video um, goes through, it's about, I don't know how long it is, but it's, it's a lengthy uh, interview. He talks, you know, a lot of it's just him bragging about how great Breitbart is and talking about the Tea Party and things that are, are you know, whatever. I've heard that from him Right, moderately too. interesting. But he goes into this one part where he's talking about Russia. And obviously now the greatest friend of the Trump campaign ever is, is Russia. They love uh, Russia. They love Putin. Bar- uh, Bannon was very critical of, of uh, Putin at times and seemed to go into some of the, uh, talk, the conversation Glenn has had about nationalism traditionalism coming from Russia, things that Glenn has warned, wow. this will appeal to you if you're a social conservative. Um, but remember, this is Vladimir Putin, and they're doing for a separate reason. They're trying to create chaos. Talked about Alexander Dugan as one of his advisors. And Bannon seems to refer to him or someone like him uh, and also oh. discuss how this approach is coming from Russia. And he seems, at least on the surface, somewhat concerned about it though also recognizing its effectiveness. And now, of course, he's right. utilizing those same tactics uh, here in the United States. So it's kind of an interesting read. Talked to, uh, I sent that to Glenn last night. We, we discussed it for a while. Uh, he started talking a little bit about Trump and sort of the, 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 the differences of nationalism versus populism, both of which I can't stand, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, patriotism is one thing. Um, certainly prioritizing your country over uh, others when it comes to national policy is a sensible choice. Be nice. But nationalism I don't like, uh, and I really don't like populism. Populism to me is like, is a human weakness. 
the fact that you go and you're like, oh, well, uh, you know, well, these things appeal to people. I will continue to do them even if they don't work as a governing philosophy. Um, I, I, hate, I hate that. It's the exact opposite why I would, we, I would want to elect people. And that's why, uh, you know, we don't have a democracy. It's why we have a, a representative republic. The, our founders hated this sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, that's just not important to people anymore. But here's a piece of that conversation from yesterday. So in the Washington Post this weekend, there was a, a Venezuelan economist who, uh, his headline, he wrote an interesting piece for them called, uh, In Venezuela, We Couldn't Stop Chavez, Don't Make the Same Mistakes We Did. So, of course, he's comparing Chavez and Trump. Politically, there's not so much a comparison yet, but he's, <laughs> his point was that they're both, you know, extreme populists, and they had a lot of success with nationalism and, and when did national populism become something that conservatives say is a good thing they're openly calling themselves nationalist and populists that's one of the most i mean am i the only one that learned in school that's a dangerous combination yes <laughs> yes you are they don't know oh my god they think when they hear this glenn they think it's apple pie in america that they think well i like my nation i love america that's what they and, and I don't popular. think so. I don't think so. I think, I think people are just so done. They want it to end. They just want somebody make it stop. I, somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I haven't had a raise in forever. I'm on the verge of losing my job. I'm worried about everything. I'm worried about the Muslims. The, I'm worried about the border. I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about the, the dollar. I'm worried about all these things. Somebody just take care of it because I don't have time. I think that's what people are feeling. I'm a little bit more with Doc because mm -hmm. from the people I've talked to, I'm mm -hmm. like, does the, the whole nationalism thing worry you? And they're conflating nationalism with patriotism. They're like, no, it's good to have someone who loves America and respects America and wants to promote America. I'm like, that's not what nationalism is. And they, but to them, they, they're not seeing that. They, they're conflating nationalism and patriotism. I think it starts with what you're saying, though. And we've been under the gun, some of us, for literally 20 years. You're yep. saying, I've been beat up with this stuff all the way back to George W. Bush. And then we got this guy, and what are you criticizing him for? He's just pro-America. He's no, a he's, nationalist. Yeah. And he's for what's popular. He's a popular. About how did my audience miss this? I've warned about nationalism and populism. You go back to the Fox chalkboards. I'm there saying populist and nationalist, bad. I don't, and that's what will happen. I don't consider Trump a <clears throat> populist, though. If he was a true populist, he would have won by a far greater margin than he did. Yeah, no. I think I literally think he's just here to capitalize on severe overreach on this globalist agenda. I mean, severe. I mean, we've had globalist <laughs> presidents dating back till how how far? Forever. Since yeah. Clinton. Well, he's like Woodrow Wilson. He's an expert. Theodore yeah. Roosevelt. Right. Yeah. I mean, but now we've gone so far toward in that direction, and people are now just kind of tired of it. They're like, yeah. no, I'm tired of giving up sovereignty. I'm tired of it. People are just, they're pissed. And I personally, this is what's dangerous about it, is I agree with that. We shouldn't give up, you know, there's, there's little hints of it that you can, you can agree with. The even more dangerous part of it is, is that to further this agenda, they've co-opted, you know, um, dangerous elements, radical elements. All right. They've co-opted them into it. They said, look, we're going to say, just like I said before, just enough fiery rhetoric to allow them to come on into our, to our line. We're going to bring them in. We're going to, like goes only so far, so as we don't take it too far, but we're gonna allow you to come in. So now people think that conservatism is nationalist, populist, well, 
That's exactly what the Democrats did. They brought Marxism in, yep. and they thought they could keep them at bay, and Marxism now rules the roost. But see, all those ideas sell well to people. They have a great marketing to them. You know the history of marketing well. Boy, your life's horrible. I'll make it better. Just, you know, help me out here. But I think maybe Bannon's the nationalist populist. You get different oh, yeah. people, the people that support him when they confuse it. But I don't think that's who Trump is. I really don't. I think he generally wants to go do a good job, and I think he's also ego-driven. I think it's a lot about him. And he's willing to sign on with Bannon or whatever because they just build him up. Yeah, I don't yeah. even. They don't understand what's going on. I don't even think Bannon is all of that that's associated with him. Like this, he's just using useful I idiots. I think he's incredibly smart. Yeah, and he's useful using idiots. useful idiots. Okay. They're, they're both expert opportunists, really. And there was a, a, a narrow little window to slip in the door because of these eight years previous things people didn't like about George W. Bush. What, what did the, what did this article say about Venezuela that that was like us that made us? Well, he was mainly pointing out uh, mistakes that he feels like the opposition to Chavez made. For example, playing into uh, this polarization thing between... Uh, I agree. He, he was like, that's one of the things that you must avoid um, is playing into that. Because with the populace, you know, if you're not on their, on their side, basically you're a culprit. You know, if you're, it's victims versus culprits for them. And so he's like, don't play into that. He even used the example of the, the cast of Hamilton. You remember after the show when they uh, scolded mm -hmm. Vice President Pence? And he was like, that's a horrible strategy, that shaming is never a good strategy against you know, a, a guy like this. Saul <laughs> Lindsay said the same thing. <laughs> Although he's right, where were you for the last eight years? Yeah. Some of this stuff was going no, but, on too. But you know. it has changed. It has changed. It has gotten... It's dangerous. It's really, really dangerous now. And it would have been dangerous even if Hillary Clinton was in. We're at a place to where we are so used to fighting and tearing each other apart and not listening. Nobody's listening to one another. The marchers, they're, be, they're useful idiots, I think. You know, I'm sure the vast majority are really, truly upset. Um, and, but that's not necessarily what the promoters, that's not necessarily their goals, and nobody on the left is even looking at it. And the right, we just, I mean, we're just playing into it. How does that end? How does that end? As they come and start so early, remember the Tea Party didn't start until almost summer. It was in the spring. Obama had done a lot of stuff. That's when the Tea Party said, you know what, I gotta stand up. These guys stood up at the very first yeah. day. So they're enemies, locking horns, day number one. I was out in DC during the protests on K Street, the one where they lit the limo on fire and that, and filmed a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you saw the Facebook Live stuff I did. And there were a lot of people out there that were the masses just going along with what was going on. There was about 5% or so of people who I think were likely transported in I mean, these people were ready to go, all dressed in black, black masks, the whole thing. And they knew exactly what they were doing. They were pulling up the bricks, smashing them so they'd have two bricks then, lobbing them. I mean, it was textbook protesting from like a third world country or something. They knew exactly what they were doing. One of the things he points out in this article is, uh, I think, as a criticism to those protests, he said a hissy fit is not a strategy. And uh, that's, it's not going to go anywhere or accomplish anything. 
for those people who but want to get rid of it. That wasn't a hissy fit. That wasn't what that was about. They were wanting sure. to punish and intimidate. That's what that's about. I, I think some of the women's march was more of the hissy fit that he's talking about. But I will tell you that this is all sounding like my chalkboard on Fox about Hungary. Anybody knows the history of Hungary? This is what happened. Exactly what happened. Switch power. Radicals were already on in the inside. Um, they... Uh, start uprisings in the street, it goes out of control, hate, the country is split in two, and they cry out, somebody, please, somebody just stop it, and the Russian tanks roll in and take it over. And it never, it's, it loses its freedom for, what, 40 years. I mean, inside out, this is what Van Jones said, inside out, upside down. Going to turn it all inside out turn everything upside down. And when people are at their most frenzied, that's when you strike. That's when you seize power. Well, it's interesting when you think about, we talked about before, about a political agenda, you know, about our global strategy for security and how they're pushing this, you know, this extreme nationalist point of view all over the world. You mentioned places like Hungary. Hungary is on the verge of going through that very same thing because they have their alt-right movement. It's starting to join forces with more moderate uh, conservatives or whatever. Does that sound familiar here? Mm -hmm. um, and that's happening in France. That's happening in Germany. Um, Alternative for Germany. And in Hungary, he praised Trump. <laughs> right. He, he loves him. Oh, yeah. they all do. Yeah. They, they all do. They, every single one of these leaders love Trump. They all love Trump and they all love Putin. I'm just thankful we have Justin Trudeau in Canada. That's oh, I'm just happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did yes. you see his tweets? Sexy man. Sexy he, man. When he said, we'll take the refugees, he knows he's probably not going to get them because nobody wants to go to Canada. You know what? There's no fear they're going there. <laughs> he, he said, we'll take the refugees, and literally hours later, they were hit with another Islamic terror. <laughs> I know. Hours later. Mm -hmm. Literally. I was like, wait a minute. At first blamed on, you know, Trump people. Right. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, he's from Morocco, and this was a, oh, oh and he shouted Allahu Akbar. Okay, now we, yeah, now we know what happened. Yeah, so Justin Trudeau, who praised Castro, <laughs> said, we'll take the refugees, America, because you're a horrible place. <laughs> okay. Good. Good, good. Take them. Yeah, I, I'd rather have them than Hollywood, if he wants to make some sort of trade, if we can get rid of all the celebrities, because I know they're all Marxists. I know they're all potentially terrorists. But the Syrian refugees, much lower percentage. Canada can take them. Oh, and here, here's, a, here's a radical thought. What about all the Gulf monarchies? Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait. They've taken zero to date. Zero. Because they know that their, their government is at risk here. These are dangerous guys. They don't want to take them. But we take, historically, we've taken, I think it's four times as many refugees as anyone else in the country. Look at a chart. We dwarf everybody. We've cut down to, what, 50,000 this year or something like that? We still dwarf the rest of the world. Yeah. We're still the place that the Statue of Liberty talked about. Here's, here's what we need. We need a wall on the northern border. That's what Canadians. we need. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome back. to Pat Stew. Jeffy, uh, you had uh, something you were talking about in the break as we were listening to the Glenn thing. We were listening to Glenn talk about the nationalism and populism, and it brought back uh, memory that the United States, uh, not long ago, has uh, just been downgraded from a full democracy to uh, a flawed democracy, hmm. Stu. No. Uh, in the 2016 uh, Democracy Index, uh, it cites declining trust in the government as the cause of the new rating. Hmm. This is the... Uh, 
Economist Intelligent Unit's ninth annual democracy index. And it's a pretty I've, dumb index, uh, considering <laughs> we're not a democracy. Wait, at all. what? Uh, no, that can't be. That can't yeah. be true because we're we're, we're uh, we dropped from twenty to nineteen mm. uh, as a full democracy I, to a flawed democracy. I would be uh, somewhat comfortable with partial democracy, and that there are elements of democracy in our republic, <laughs> uh, but we are not a democracy. That is uh, that's the truth. Uh, Doc Thompson Thank is you. here uh, joining us. Uh, I am. Doc Thompson for success by Trump. Yeah, why do you, you want to do live spots for? You know, Trump it's Cologne? an ode to toilet. I don't is. know if you know that. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we have the three kinds. Why do, why do we have the Trump cologne up there? Be, I'll tell you why. Because Brad Staggs, mm-hmm. who does our commercials, whatever the hell else he does around mm-hmm. this joint, he uses that every day when he comes to do his, his little four-minute buzz at the yeah. top of the hour. That's his cologne every day. Now he loves that Trump stuff. Okay, so, really? so you yeah. have success and empire, but you also just have Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually, one of them is pretty on. good, and I'm not sure. I don't recall which. I will one say it is. one of them I did like. Yeah. I, I, there was three of them. Yeah, we, and two of them are not them. so good. One of oh, them I actually success, liked. Probably. Yeah. And I know that I, every time I walk by Brad, I, I'm a little excited, so he must be wearing the good one. And I mean, Brad is the picture of both empire and success. Yes, yeah, so so I, I will mean, say that. Thank you. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Doc, of course, on the uh, Morning Blaze every day on Blaze Radio Network, uh, does uh, you know fills in for Glenn all the time and uh, various things. Also, uh, mm-hmm. a high-profile uh, Facebook Live coming up tonight. Yeah, immediately uh, following the announcement, which we heard it was at eight, but are they starting at six thirty? I think because well, uh, Sean Spicer said that in the in the uh, press briefing that's going on, I think he was talking to the reporters of like that's like the they open the doors yeah uh, at six thirty, the opening band comes on at seven thirty, and then then Trump <laughs> the, the at eight. The main show, yeah. And they just keep going. Come on, yeah. bring on, bring on Trump, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so this pick is pretty interesting. We, we were kind of off the air going through this uh, w- this list of Supreme Court justices right now. You have John Roberts is sixty two. Uh, Anthony Kennedy is 80. Wow. Okay, he's in play. He's, I mean... That seat's in play. And and they keep, we talked about this briefly on the air. The theory is, in in Washington circles, which I don't think that any of this applies to Trump, so we take it for what it's worth. But the theory is, if Kennedy wants a moderate to replace him, so if Trump comes out and says, hey, here's my moderate now um, to replace Scalia, Kennedy will then theoretically step down and he can be replaced with a more conservative one. So Kennedy's in Kennedy's mind, I don't want two hardcore conservatives in here. And, um, and they all do this. They all say, I, I want something oh, like I yeah. think. Yeah, I right. want something like I think. So, which is understandable, right? I mean, mm. um, and uh, so he's not going to, and just like why Justice Ginsburg is not going to step down because she knows that Trump would replace her with somebody who's oh, not liberal. Not even close. And, you know, we saw this in the, in the previous administration as well. So you know, just, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if Kennedy knows this or not, but Every day, um, he has less and less of a choice. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's eighty. Well, eighty he's is 80. the new sixty. I don't I'm know. Sorry. If, I don't know <laughs> no, I mean, you know, if, so what are you? If that the eighty is the new sixty, I'm just saying eighty is the new sixty. So okay. you know, I've, you're the I mean, new one thirty nine. I saw your birthday cake, by the way. If I'm Trump, I just go. I go conservative, yes. and I send a lot of salty foods over to the Supreme Court. <laughs> I mean, ice those sidewalks up. You know what I mean? Oh, this is the sad because look. It's true. Let me go through these ages real quick and finish. Yeah. Uh, Clarence Thomas, 68. We love Clarence Thomas. Most important man in the He's America got 10 years. Right Easy. Easy. Ruth oh, yeah. Bader Ginsburg, however, 83. Ruth um, Buzzy Ginsburg, 83. She's, 83. Definitely she's, one of those, she's one of those ladies that hangs on forever. She also looks, frankly, yes. 83 or maybe more. Not, yeah, but she, she looks like, you know, the woman, you know, she looks like she's wasting away. She's so tidy anyway. I don't and think and by the way, the other suggestions love her. Yeah. I don't think they keep trying to wake her. At the like when she falls asleep yeah. at the State of the Union address, I think they're trying to. Is she still? Is she still? Yeah. Damn it. Okay, I know. Damn it. Well, this is the sad thing about this because Breyer and, and this, no one talks about Breyer, who is seventy-eight. 
I mean, he's right there as well. Oh, that's in play. Um, Alito, 66. Sotomayor is 62. And Kagan is the youngest at 56. But, I mean, the sad thing here is when you talk about the Supreme Court, obviously we want conservative justices to be the majority here. Um, and the only way you get there with Ginsburg or Breyer is something bad happens. They're not leaving during the Trump administration by choice. Now, Kennedy might. If Kennedy is convinced it's not going to be too crazy conservative in his mind, right. uh, he might say, okay, I'm going to leave. I don't know if he's um, but, I mean, these guys all think they're so important, obviously. You're not in this position if you don't think your opinion is pretty important. Kagan's the youngest, but she doesn't look real good. No, I mean, she does the wild card. She was? 60? She's like 56. 55, 56, yeah. Wow. Kagan? She doesn't look old, though. I mean, she might not look... You talking Justice Paul Blart? She does not. She does not look well. That's a really good picture. You see that turtleneck? That's to hide the marks. There's something about Ginsburg too. I don't think I've ever seen a picture with Ginsburg sitting up straight. She's always kind of just like, oh yeah. Well, that's why she's gonna live forever. She's the only one you can see the chair. Yeah. Look at her. Oh yeah. I don't think she's gonna die. I think she's just she's like the incredible shrinking woman. She's just gonna disappear. Just blow away in the wind. Yeah, and really, was, I mean, when you talk about looking healthy, you really are at Roberts, Alito, uh, that's about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as appearance of looking healthy, that's kind of, you kind of end it right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, when Sotomayor is the moderate healthy-looking person, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty rough for you there. So uh, we talked about this a little bit off the air, uh, Doc, and I think it's interesting in that the, the way this happened is really fascinating. From the time of uh, Scalia sadly uh, dying, which is, you know, a terrible tragedy for this country. I mean, Scalia is, was my, uh, my favorite. He's justice. a stalwart. I mean, he's so smart and a badass. C- Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas currently is my favorite. Um, but uh, him dying early 2016, uh, or was it late 2015? It was February, 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 February 2016, yeah. They try to replace him um, with Merrick Garland. Now, Merrick Garland is seen as a obviously a democratic appointed justice however a moderate one yeah. they did not go for another ginsburg um they went for someone who they thought had a chance to get through the senate um and how do you feel about the way republicans handled that wrong it's absolutely absolutely right. right so first of all it's fascinating because all the sides were, were betting they're betting hillary can make it but in case they don't let's offer this moderate yeah. the republicans are challenging they did it wrong as much as i'm glad trump gets this pick and it's not merrick garland or somebody worse mm-hmm. or hillary they handled it wrong first of all senate you didn't do your job you're supposed right. to you're supposed to have the hearings now if you think he's too progressive or whatever and you believe that a conservative has to be replaced with a conservative which it doesn't i'm glad you're going to but yeah. it doesn't then you should be on record saying, I don't want that person. Where are your testicles? Yeah, I mean, I mean and they just avoided it. Well, saying, yeah, well, their testicles were Mitch McConnell saying, we're not going to vote on it. Now, look, the, if, the guy, if the guy dies in October of 2016, I get it, right? Sure. They had a whole year. Um, now, I believe the reason why they just didn't hold the hearings, because you can hold the hearings and vote no. Uh, and that would have been completely fine. And, and then the same thing would have happened. I think the real reason they did it is they were worried that, a Susan Collins type, uh, a few of a few of the Susan Collins, you know, moderates would say, you know, John McCain would say, you know what? Hey, look, oh, it's not our job to to, to tell whether <laughs> right. they're good or not. We're just supposed to say, is this person alive? And if they are alive, we need to we vote to vote them in. And so they would they would have folded in the end because Garland probably would have come off as what he was, a moderate. 
uh, an older moderate as well, which is another reason why it was he, they chose him. They're like, and well, he's only going to be around for a while. Right. Um, and they said, you know what, we'll do it. And uh, I think he would have been able to talk enough people into pulling the lever. And so they just said, you know what, no vote at all. Or were they also concerned with the election? Did they know it was going to sway the election? Hey, if we have these hearings, it won't be such an issue. As May, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe that's part of it. I think the other part of this is the reason why Democrats did fight for it and they tried to make it a new yeah. issue, but they didn't go to the wall for Merrick Garland. They thought Hillary was going to win You're and they right. were going to do better. So they did not push as hard as they normally would because they just figured, oh, well, Hillary's going to win this thing and then we're going to be able to get another Ginsburg. You're right. That's a great point because think of their reactions. They were like, hey, this is wrong. Turn the page yes. that you're not hearing <laughs> versus Chuck Schumer. Look at the yeah. people that are here with me. Yeah. You know, the, we didn't get the fake the tears over Garland. <laughs> yeah. no, we didn't we even did get the fake tears. No, no we didn't get any of No. Uh, so do you have any vibe? I mean, the reports are right now that uh, Gorsuch and um, Hardiman are both traveling to Washington, D.C. as we speak. Or are they? I think Gorsuch, <laughs> both of them are traveling there. Yes. God bless Donald Trump for that. God bless him that they're both. Right. right? Yeah, this is a show. Yeah. Someone, well, you look at, tell, tell me, Fox News has got a countdown to the, uh, yeah. to the announcement. Someone pointed out on Twitter uh, that maybe he's actually going to do a rose ceremony. With his <laughs> like, he's going to pull them both there. And then I have to say, will you accept this rose? And then they get the Supreme Court nomination. Uh, Neil Gorsh, will you accept? <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to. Oh, sorry, It's Brian. possible. I mean, you could totally see uh, him pulling a last minute uh, switch. I mean, you know, talk about that with the vice president that pence yeah. was ivanka's pick and uh, uh you know but trump really wanted christie mm-hmm. um and man did christie get screwed out of this whole thing boy Holy he crap. got screwed hard they, and they, and they went it. to the wall for pence though remember they flew into the state yeah the, ivanka and the yeah, and the hubby they please they went to the wall for please kushner chris yeah, christie's yeah. wife didn't want to move to dc that's why he's yeah, not in the administration, according to Chris Christie yesterday. Apparently, you guys didn't that know that. Is that true? No. Is that what I, she said? I, I That's not. what he said. My wife didn't. She didn't feel comfortable being away from, you know, I have a year left and the kids are in school. Hey, if I you didn't lived in move Hawaii, people might believe that. You're in Jersey. Okay? <laughs> yeah, Everybody wants to move to, out of Jersey. We've all been through, through New Jersey going, mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I mean, with, with, with Christie, he's the first high-profile guy to back Trump. Really the first yeah. one. I mean, you know, Sessions kind of, but I mean... The first one, who was another oh, he candidate, was he took a hard stand for Trump. He looked like a hostage behind him. He went yep. to the wall all the way through the administration for this guy. Every bad, crazy thing Trump said, he found a way to justify. He gets all the way through the process. It works. <laughs> Trump wins. He gets nothing. Not you. It's like you get nothing. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. And that was really... What it came yeah. back to is that he put his freaking Kushner's dad mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he sits there in New Jersey, still holding the governorship with a 17% approval rating. Yeah. I mean, the guy sold out everything, got nothing. <laughs> I, good day, sir. That is good You're day. right. He yeah. was uh, probably the most high-profile person early. And by that, I mean when he drives down the road, the yeah. wind yeah. sways him from side to side. Very high-profile from... <laughs> It's a fat joke, Jeffy. No, I got the fat joke. joke. Thank no, you, Doc. Yeah. That was like the point. I'm, I'm well aware of the fat jokes. <laughs> you can detect them. I don't know you know that. Sometimes. Uh, Jeffy sometimes picks those up. So uh, the Facebook Live tonight uh, yeah. is going on. You have, If you had a guess, who do you think it's going to be? I, I, I hope it's Gorsh, but I'm starting to lean to Pryor. You think Pryor? Just, Just because, I mean, it would so rattle. I mean, at first I looked at it and I was like, he's not that conservative. But remember, Trump's about throwing bombs. Yeah. What does he care at this point? Like, we were talking on Glenn's show. I don't think there's any one of them, unless there's something we don't know, where Trump's like, that's my guy because he also likes M&Ms or whatever it is. Yeah, sure. 
So I think he may go for the one that's going to just jack up people on the on the left. It would be a nice distraction yeah. from uh, this immigration thing. People <laughs> yeah, would, would drop. If, if, I mean, because Pryor is seen as that. I mean, look, Pryor, some people have problems with Pryor. Uh, on the left, it certainly does. Some on the right have issues with certain rulings of his. Overall, he's a pretty conservative judge. Sure. He's outspoken on life, which is a really important thing to me. But he's the, he's um, the more evangelical. And didn't he have the thing about the um, the Ten Commandments being posted? I think that was one of Gorsuch his. Gorsuch had one of those as well. Oh, did Gorsuch? Okay. Um, but yeah. It, that would be the thing where Deborah Messing would just melt down. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you look at some <laughs> of that's their how tweets. I, that's how I rate my Supreme Court justice. How, how well, is not Deborah Messing going to That's my to standard it? right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, he's done all of this stuff and it's only been five days in office. I mean, these are the types of, he's only been in eight days and he's done all this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so he got elected. Yes. I don't know. This That's what, what happens every four you know, years. Barack Obama passed nine, nine executive orders before February. Now, wow. Trump is at least on that pace, and he might actually uh, go a little bit above that. But, I mean, do you remember? It just seems like more. It, it, yeah, you know, no. it, the coverage on Trump's executive orders have been completely different than the, than the coverage on Obama's. And it's because, obviously, the media thought those executive orders were right. They liked Obama's executive orders. They don't like Trump's. And, and that is the problem that everyone detects. It's, it's, not, it's no mystery. But it is a situation that puts, I think, uh, a little bit of a, uh, a layer of understanding about why Trump is here. I mean, people, people get frustrated by that, and they, they just ran to the guy who is loudest about it. And I, I don't know. That's not how I choose a president, by the way. But, I mean, I think a lot of people did choose it that way. It's, it's funny, though, all the things that have become in fashion again, like the Constitution. Oh, God. They're like, oh, this is unconstitutional. It's like, oh, yeah, for eight years we lost this in this drawer. Oh, what's this crinkly yellow paper? It's so inferior. Or or in this case, it's like executive orders. Objecting to uh, executive orders is now in fashion again. Right now, it's a now it's a problem. Now it's a thing. You know, we've seen some uh, comments on on, uh, social media and stuff where people they'll they'll fire back about abortion and they just they sound like libertarians. They don't want the government involved in this. What? This is my bedroom. It's my house. How dare you involve yourself? What does the government have to do with this? It's like uh are you on reason.com all of a sudden? I mean, I'm you want to make that argument? Fine. I don't agree with it at all on that topic mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's actually I do agree with it on that topic. Right. I agree with the fetus, the baby having rights to stay, I don't know, alive. There uh, that is. seems like it's, it's actually about their rights, not the mother. Uh, but it's interesting that that, that that is the place they go. It's the oh, only yeah. time they find it. The only time they don't want government involved in every decision they make. Right. In fact, they even want government involved in that. They want it funded by the government. They want it, uh, they want it uh, through health care and, and guaranteed in health care. They want it protected. Yeah. They want all of those things to happen. They don't, want, they don't want the First Amendment to be respected with protesters outside the clinics. Right, right. But when it comes to that one thing, they don't want government involved. They're all about it. It's incredible. Yep. It really is. And thanks for that input there, Jeffy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Profound. It's his silence that's profound. Look at the, look at the face. He says it all right there. Right there. You know what he's saying. He you got it. Us. The people got oh, it. Man, he's he a man is. of the people. He I, wouldn't feels... say, I wouldn't say I hate us. Oh, okay. What? Okay. He feels about me the way Twitter and everyone in the audience feels about him. Uh, and that's, uh, that's I think you're like his little brother. Uh, and by that, I mean smaller brother. How do you not hate him? That was... That was we, also a fat Because I'm also way. a man of the people. Oh, okay, that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, tonight, Doc Thompson, Facebook Live. Uh, I, we think it's around 8 o'clock Eastern, but Immediately following the announcement. Watch yeah. the announcement, then go to Facebook Live and listen to Doc. Doc, thanks for coming Thanks, on, buddy. Man. Appreciate, appreciate it. All right, back in a second. 888 back is the number. Yeah, thanks, Doc. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, really appreciate I thought it. you were no, a fan. Great. <laughs> great. Oh, okay. well, that's oh, I love him. <laughs>
Welcome back. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven. Beck is the phone number. Uh, a little airport tip for you. Apparently, because really? uh, you get you ever go to the airport and you're like uh, you have a soda or a coffee or something, and you're going up to to line and you realize crap, I can't bring this through security. I got to throw out a full I bottle of soda. Hate that. With the water. Yeah. Water. Come on now. Yeah. And I mean, I know it's for our safety and security that you want me to throw my water away that I spent 50 cents on to buy your $3 bottle of water on the other side of the gate. I know it's for my safety. I got it. Well, I mean, there was an actual attack in which someone tried to use liquids to... This is not... It wasn't based on nothing. I mean, the same thing with the shoes, right? Thanks, Don. What? Thank you, Mr. Trump. We appreciate it. Donald Trump had nothing to do with this. This happened during the Bush administration. Um, I would say that uh, the shoe bombing thing was, hey, you got to take your shoes off I and put know. it through. And I, I get it, although obviously, you know, they use new tactics, right? I mean, I t- it's, look, I, I am more, um, I have more of a heart for the TSA in that I feel they have a very difficult job. And no most question. of the people who actually work there are really nice. I, I have very few yes, bad experiences. You know what? I have, I have not had very bad experiences either. But I know They've what you mean. It does nice. seem frustrating for these things because, you know, if they did try the uh, shoe bombing, they did try a liquid Mine. bombing. Um, however, it, you know, they're not going to tra- necessarily try it again, right? <laughs> like, it's like once you get caught and they put in a new uh, security measure, they're probably not going to try that again. However... If you stop checking shoes, they probably will. I know. It just seems like sometimes we miss the... And I know that I've never had a really bad experience with TSA. I've seen a couple of things that were questionable. You know, like, I mean, where families are with children and they push the little girls off to the side and they make them... I mean, stop it. Uh, Yes. I mean, look, I think we all agree it's not perfect. And I'd rather have it just be done privately. And many airports have gone to private uh, based on that. Because there is an out in the creation of the TSA that that gave some airports an out. I can't remember what the standards are, but they have an out to actually do it privately. And and, and it's funny because, like, like places like San Francisco have done it. Like, it's not like every, every airport in Texas is private. It's like the places, a lot, of, a lot of them are liberal cities that have decided, you know what, this just isn't working, let's go private. I think Orlando is one as well. Really? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shorter list than it probably should be. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I think it just takes effort. You know, you don't have to, either, you don't, you're not going to get in trouble for staying. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, I can't believe this happened. You, you, <laughs> you, you know, you stayed with the normal procedure. Right. They're going to say, oh, well, you tried That's something true. different and it failed, and then you get the blame. Um, but now one of the things that uh, was implemented was a uh, was a 3.4 ounce maximum with liquids. Um, can you get that through security anyway? Um, well, there is a way. I guess the points guy, which is uh, I think one of these guys that helps you maximize your points on your credit cards and your and your flight, uh, you know, situation, your uh, frequent flyer, says uh, you could actually freeze the liquid. So if you have a bottle of water and you freeze it and you put it in your in your bag, yes, you can actually get it through security, and then you just have to wait for it to melt, and you'll have some cold water. No, so it's because the liquids that would be explosive liquids or flammable wouldn't be able to freeze, so they'd let it through. Probably that's the only way, the only reason why they would let that through, right? I, I mean, I'm guess, just trying to guess yeah, why the ones they're looking out for yeah, wouldn't, I, yeah, yeah, wouldn't freeze. I mean, I guess technically though, it's a solid, right? So solids they're not checking, right? Um, so I don't know. That's it's so either weird. it's one of those two. Um, uh, it would be interesting. Maybe you should try it, Jeffy. Uh, maybe, but you should try like fuel or, but, you know, something, something really dangerous. 
And, uh, and, and, you know, don't, but because it's caught. an experiment, don't, uh, don't tell them that you were doing it for the show. Just, just say, you know, I really just wanted to use this on the plane and just see what happens. You know, it would be, inter- it would be an interesting thought experiment. If you get caught, though, yeah, don't yeah. you get, yeah. like, arrested? Oh, but it would be, I mean, what the, imagine the footage, you know. It would, it would help the show. I mean, do you want to help the show or do you want to hurt it? I mean. Well, you know I always want to help the show. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be something we should try. Maybe you should, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the way to dress up the, to maximize the... Why would I have to... Oh, I think it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll help you out with the outfit. Uh, so, I guess, though, you know, who the hell's going to do this? I mean, the only way you might do it is, like, if you had kids and you had, a, like... But, again, they usually let the kids stuff through. Like, if you have a bottle or whatever... You, the, they will let that stuff yeah, they, through. They, that, that's, uh, There's just no reason. It's just it's just better to buy three dollar water, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I've had, we've all had frozen bottles of water where we've had to wait for it to melt. Yeah. We got the big ice cube and stuff. Yes. You know what, Stu? I hate to admit it, but you're right. Yeah, spend the three it's just bucks. Better Move spend on. the three bucks. I mean, the only thing maybe if you're on like a really long flight, you're going overseas for Still 15 hours. But I mean, Still you, know. you know, it sweats and you yeah. got everything yeah, is right. wet. Yes, it's just not worth it. No. It's not worth it, um, but it would be worth it for you to try it and just see what happens. Well, I, would, um, I think they would arrest me. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, there was an interesting story I saw on, I don't know, it was like The Economist maybe? One of those uh, magazines, and they, they had a story about people who are like obsessed with air, airplane travel and, and miles in particular. And like, so their goal was always to fly as much as possible to get extra points. Maximize their maximize points. Maximize their yeah. points. And it becomes like a game. So they were talking about, you know, one of these guys who was uh, five, six hours a day was in the air because he was like, I guess, wealthy from other things and wanted to have more points than everyone else. And like, you know, if you book points and then you get the double points on the certain days and take the certain right. times and, and you can really maximize it. And, and they, their goal is just to beat the airlines like they just want it's a game and they just okay. want to beat the airlines um and well, i guess they afford it Good. these guys Have are on fun. the planes all the time so they're well known the, the the staff knows what they're doing but they just find all the little loopholes fly for free all the time and maximize the amount of maximize points possible points. weird right yeah kind of i mean i guess if you've got nothing else to do with your life try to maximize the airline points. well you'd know you know you do you'd have a good a good picture into that world. We have a good window, right? What window is that? I don't have a lot of air points. No, no, I mean, you don't have anything to do with your plane. <laughs> really? That's what you were... That's what I was huh. referring to there, yeah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it happens, but it happens. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually used to know a guy who um, did this, kind of. Like, he would have... He would find a flight that he could actually get more points than the value of the flight. And when he found it, he would just fly to, like, L.A. and back for no reason. And, you know, he'd get to eat first-class sure. uh, food, you know, first-class airplane food, um, and have a couple drinks on the house, and then come back and have more points than the value of what he actually paid for the flight. So in the end, he'd be fine. He, but, you know, then I find out that I, we, I mean, everybody I talk to, and I'm okay with getting the points and using them. You know, go ahead. Let's use them. If they're giving them away, give them away. Take them. Use them. Sure. But... It seems to me that every time I hear people complaining that they are not able to use them the way they're supposed to use them. You know, like, yeah. the, oh, I've got 18 million air miles. That's great. I'd li- I should be able to fly around the world. Yeah, no, you can go to uh, San Antonio. 
How do I want to go to San Antonio? <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't have any family in San Antonio. Nothing. Um, yeah, no, it's true. They, they can restrict them. I've had good experience with, uh, with the air, with the flights and the like American Express points, which I had for a while. I don't really use that card that much anymore. But I, I used to, I put everything on cards. I'm, I'm a big card guy. You have been for a long uh, time. For a long time. Like I yeah. put everything on there. So do so, I. Um, but it's, I mean, you put them on your cards. I try to put them on. Uh, other people? I don't know. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, but some of the stuff is such a scam with the points. I went on a vacation uh, a couple of years ago um, to the Dominican Republic. And so I bought a package to this hotel and it was like, you know, it was one of those like all inclusive type places. Um, and so, but they were very, they would give me the, you know, you get the room and you get the, yeah. you know, the foods included and everything. And then they give you like, it was like $200 of resort credit per night per person. That's and I was lot. like, that's unbelievable. Like $200, I can get massages cred- every day. Every day <laughs> I can resort rent. Resort credit is the parking lot. I, right. The resort credit was the biggest scam. First of all, I couldn't buy anything on the resort with resort credit. So they didn't accept it like at, for that like tips illegal, or restaurants or. Uh, well, we only use that for what? Uh, the, the wrecker service right. in case your car breaks down? <laughs> the only thing they used it for was, uh, a value to me at least was you could go into the store, like the gift shop, and buy things there with the resort credit. Now, of okay. course, you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to buy $200 a day of gifts at the resort credit? That's ridiculous. Right. Well, they had a good fun reason, a scam for that. So if you wanted to use the money at the resort credit, I'm going to get these percentages wrong, but it was something to this effect. That's hilarious. Every dollar you had was only worth 50 cents at the resort, first of all. So your $200 was only worth $100. And when you bought something... You had to buy the other half of the thing with real money. So, like, if you had $100 of resort credit and you wanted to buy something that was worth $50, you could put 50, 50 of the 100 resort dollars on it, but, but you had would, to spend right. 50 real money on it. You know, you have to spend 25 real dollars and 25, 50, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 25 resort dollars. That's the way it works. So to bet to $50, you could only get 25 of it could be resort dollars. The only 25 you have to pay. Of course, everything that was $50 was only worth 10. So you'd be spending 25 real dollars for something that was only worth 10. And it was, so you got totally screwed. You should have taken the flight to San Antonio. I should have taken the flight to San Antonio. <laughs> Back in a second. We have uh, quick spoons for you before we leave. We'll see you in just a moment. Had an interesting relationship with 7-Eleven over the past couple weeks here on Spoons, um, in which we've tried three different flavors. The prime rib ones, which I thought were terrible, and the sausage and peppers, which I thought were delicious. The sausage and peppers were great. One of the better products we've had on Spoons. I would actually, Um, I would purchase those. Yeah. Um, Now, this one is our third variety, a spicy guacamole. What's interesting about this is neither Jeffy or I (laughs) like guacamole, so this is not going to be particularly promising. I mean, I'll take a bite out of it. You know, I mean, there's nothing I won't take a bite out of, Still, I mean, I might not. Might not like it later, oh, but smell pretty good. Now they are green-ish. Yeah, usually I usually if something smells good, I'll take a bite out of it. They actually smell pretty good. Oh, they do. Hmm. Let's try give it a whirl. Here we go. Spicy guacamole from 7-Eleven. Mmm. Man. You know what this reminds me of? Wow. Is why I'm not crazy about guacamole. I will say, you know what really mm. bothers me about guacamole? Is the texture and the color? Actually, they're not too bad. They're actually these are not bad. I mean, I don't I don't know that they taste like guacamole, but I don't know. <laughs> they're kind of just a good spicy chip. I, yeah. I actually don't mind these. Yeah, they're mm. not bad. By the way, 
if you like avocados and you like Donald Trump, do some research on the effect of NAFTA on avocados. <laughs> you wouldn't be having so much guacamole if it weren't for that thing you're opposing. You ain't lying. I will, I will tell you that. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully we'll